0: Welcome to trial by wine we take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be Schmidty, Swanee, and Clarkey visit crimes and run them through their jury of three debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate if totally fictitious sentence please be advised trial by wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling listener discretion is advised
1: all right how are we
2: doing all right. Mm, hungover. Let's,
1: let's be, be honest.
2: Let's yeah. be Why are
1: we hungover? And
2: uh, one of our friends had a hen's night last night.
1: Indeed she did.
2: She forced us to drink.
1: A lot. I didn't force anyone to drink. What a lot of nonsense. Were we a little bit overexcited because it might have been the a- First time that all of us, well, first time that Swanee and Clarkey and we met each other. Yep. Yes. And first time we we're all in the same physical location. Yes, that's too.
2: Very exciting. I'm actually sitting next to Swanee right now. It's very exciting. I know. And now
1: we're on the electrolytes. If that needs yeah. <laughs> any introduction, I think you've just further given an explanation to how over you are. But yeah. we have, <laughs> do have
2: a wine chaser.
1: All right, so I suppose that's our exciting news uh, is that we're actually all together and tomorrow's yes, mine and Tony's wedding. As a result of that, we have a house full of people over from England, which has been just sensational, and I've got 20 over from Perth and just reminded me I haven't written my thank you speech yet, so I must do that after this. So it's all been very nice. So I thought, oh, sorry, oh, shut up. Do you guys have any other news that you'd like to talk about?
3: <laughs> Nothing.
1: You are the news. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like, like the ship is the destination. The Schmidt is the destination. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what are we drinking?
2: Electrolytes. You know, we had
1: 700,000 litres of gin and stuff. Electrolytes. Like <laughs> yeah.
2: And a delightful Pinot Gris from Delatite Winery.
1: Yeah, and it's the first time we're all drinking the same drink because Clarkie was on his way back through that region yesterday and I – actually just jokingly said oh go to Delatite and get some of their lovely gris and whatever and he did all right so as i was sort of starting to say earlier but you know then realized i'd jumped the gun i've got this household of english people and today i'm doing the story and i thought yes it's a wedding special but then you know who wants to be boring and do a wedding story So I'm not doing a wedding story. I'm doing a story, though, that comes from, hails from the same part of the country as all of my English friends who are visiting me now because when I lived in the UK, these were like my neighbours and Kelly, who sat next to me, as a a special guest star for a moment, and uh, Jacqueline McCain and all these people come over and they all have these sensational accents. So, you know, in the past I've made some effort at doing the, when when we did Swindon Nights, I did a, a chide to do the West Country accent, but I'm terrible at it. It doesn't matter how long I was there. But I do have some experts who are going to help me with the story, and we're going to start with Kel, and then later on we're going to have some other guest stars join us. But before I go any further, my sources for the story were bbc.com, yahoo.com, thedailymail.co.uk, Coffeehouse Crime, which is actually a you I I don't know, would you call it a podcast? I don't know, it's a YouTube thing. And itvwestcountry.com. There you go. I do actually have some material which later on which comes from the judiciary.co.uk. So before I start the story, we need to do some translation work so that everyone knows what's being (laughs) said. Because I tell you what, when you're in the West Country, there are times where people talk to you and you think, I thought everyone in England spoke English. But no, not always. And this is not particular to the West Country. Uh, There are dialects all over the UK, which makes it, Kind of the fascinating... What's
3: the word oh, the charm. Of
1: ...fabric. Yeah, the, the charm. charm, that's the charm, right. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Kelly's very kindly come in and she is going to do some West Country translation for me mm-hmm. into a Bristolian and Somerset accent. So I'm going to say the English expression in the Queen's English and Kelly's going to say what it is in Somerset slash Bristolian. Okay, so Kelly, are you ready? Sure. Firstly, would you like to introduce yourself? All right, I'm Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> near, near Bristol, yeah, yeah, Bristol. yeah, Bristol, Bristol. That's it. Okay, so the first expression I have, or question I have, is where would that be? Where are that to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you, Arcady, <laughs> and where would you be off to, my young friend? Where you going, Mabala? <laughs> oh my, that is really lovely. Gertlach. Oh. Oh. Thank you, kindly, bus driver. And this also works for cab drivers. Cheers, drive. <laughs> How are you, my dear friend? All right, me old mugger. Oh, that's a good one. And last one. I'm off to the city for a spot of shopping. Gonna find somewhere downtown. That's it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it like, what have you written there? Yeah. Gonna find somewhere downtown. let now, now, see. I immediately <laughs> went into something else. Someone downtown can't do it. All right. So that was Kelly's moment of glory Thank on you. Trial by Wine. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it's your time. Riding. She had two mm-hmm. minutes. You may stay if you want to, but you can leave also if you want. It's your choice. Do you want to stay for a bit? Um, how's he doing all day? He's good. Absolutely. He's okay. He's good. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So but Kelly's also very brought cute 3 They've been and... sort of tiptoeing around and, like making a little game at it. Trying to really quiet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so if you if if I don't edit it out, you might hear some 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 thump. That's Kelly's three year old running around the house. Yeah. He is divine. He is. He's behaving so beautifully. Yeah. Okay, so now we have an appreciation for the sound of Somerset. Let's do a little of Swanee's favourite map time. Oh, no. map time! Oh,
2: no, she goes straight for a phone. I'll
1: need it. Where are we going? Well, last night uh, at the hens' night, there was a conversation about map time, and I laughed the <laughs> fact that Swanny coined the phrase map
0: time and how much Paul hates it, yeah. so I thought I had to, <laughs> absolutely had to inject it into this story when I got up this morning to write it. Okay, so we find ourselves in Barrow which is not far from Western Super Nightmare.
1: Situated on the sea and not far from Bristol, it looks like a lovely place to live. How's that's it spelled? One. Did B-E- you say, B-E-R-O-W. B-E-R-O-W. Did oh, you say okay. Western Ber-
2: Super Nightmare? Yeah,
1: Western Yeah, it's Mare. actually Western Super Mare, but um, f- another friend of mine once mm-hmm. called it Western Super Nightmare. I'll show you. That's it's right on the, on the,
4: the, that's right it's, on the edge. It's
1: on the Bristol Channel, yeah. It's 37 miles from Froome, which is where oh, I, Western, was, yeah. I lived for the majority of the time I was there. So, And if you drive... If you just point yourself west and drive straight across thirty seven miles, you will hit Barrow, which is just on the Bristol Channel.
2: Would you hit other things?
1: Yes, you will. <laughs> is the, the Bristol
4: Channel yeah. that bit of water between there and Wales? Yeah.
1: Oh right. Yeah, okay. so that's right. And it, and it, I suppose oh, I was thinking about room this. Would here you call now. it a panhandle? I think <laughs> I feel like it's a panhandle if this
4: America. Um <laughs> We can on our map we've got here, we've got I've just put Western Super But we can see Troy and Froom in our
1: map. So Tro-Vegas. So it's further west. I think you'll it? find it's called Trove Vegas.
3: That's
1: a bit that. Yeah. So, where were- And then, so London came from Bridgewater, which is south of Barrow.
0: Yeah, so if you look further down south, it's sort of across in Taunton, you'll see Bridgewater. London is a dog. I just thought it was there, nice right? if we
1: could see Bridgewater. Anyway, that was more mm-hmm. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in Barrow, we find our players in today's story Penelope and David Jackson. And like many domestic tales from the Wild West, this is a little complicated. So I tried to find out where Penny was born, but I couldn't because, you know, no one puts it anywhere. And it's funny because uh, later on I was watching some footage where she probably did say that, but it was all redacted. Judging by her accent, though, I think she's from London, but I'm not entirely sure. It's either London or maybe a home counties kind of accent. But for today's purposes, I'm going to have to, as Swanee would say, voice talents joining us. And uh, we're going to assume or do her voice in the Southwest accent. So Penny worked as an administrator for the RAF. And, uh, and for those of you who don't know, in that area around uh, Bristol, Froome, Chippenham, which is Wiltshire, so which bits of Wiltshire and Somerset are actually heavily populated by people who work in the armed forces. So the RAF and the Army? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So down to Salisbury, you can ship in whenever you like because you're actually much more expert than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Caution <laughs> is, is a big one. Caution, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Worminster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of squaddies in Worminster. Um, so it's not really that weird that she worked in the RAF and she was married to her first husband in 1973 and, and he's some guy whose name I read. I couldn't find it again. He's not really material to the story. They had two daughters but after a few years or less, Penny decided that he was abusive and so she left him. Then she married another guy not long after who she decided or he decided, I'm not sure which way this went, that he preferred men to women, so they divorced. So still on the lookout for another love and finding work in the RAF a good place to meet blokes, Penny met Alan Warrender. Unfortunately, Alan was already married at the time to Beverly. She doesn't
2: make the best choices in men, I think.
1: (laughs) There's a theme. Uh, and now Alan and Beverly already had two daughters of their own and an adopted son. Alan and Penny quickly developed a relationship and embarked on a torrid affair. I say torrid just for dramatic sake. I don't know what it was not, like, Which went on for some time. Sadly, Beverly discovered the adultery and was, of course, devastated, which was even worse for her than most people discovering her partner was a cheating rat because, unfortunately, she had terminal breast cancer. Oh. Yes, and Beverly died in 1987 at the age of 36. do you know when the um, affair had started? Let's just say in the last year, maybe. Okay. Beverly's life. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Been, but-, but Alan was really big into Penny, right? So oh, so I yeah. So even if she hadn't died, I, I think things were pretty bad in terms of you know his his where his affections lay. Okay. Obviously, that left the path clear for Alan and Penny to get married. And then I read that in one account that Alan was so besotted by <laughs> daughters off to boarding school, and he tried to send, they tried to send the adopted son back into care. Uh, you know, like, no, I don't want this one anymore. Yeah, so I was a bit shocked by this. It, it was one thing... To send the girls off to boarding school, but it's quite another to say we don't want this adopted kid anymore and try and put him back into care. But that didn't work out for them, so they sent him off to Beverly's parents for Beverly's parents to raise.
3: Are you serious? So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it is very know.
4: difficult to conduct an affair with this child around. Or do you think oh, you no, could no. help it. help some Five
1: months after Paul Beverly died, they announced that family were going to get married. So. You know, it wasn't even like we we're conducting an affair. It was we just don't.
3: Just I, yeah.
1: I think the way I read it or what I read was something along the lines of Alan was so into Penny that he just wanted to put all of his time and attention into Penny and so just decided that, you know. He just wanted to put all his
2: who did he in her cha-cha.
3: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yes, I think you're quite right. So Alan and Penny had a daughter of their own not long after that and her name was Isabel. Is Isabel, sorry. Oh, they had a baby. Yeah, they had a little baby girl. Ooh. And for and remember, somewhere along the line, Penny had two daughters of her own. Yeah. From her first marriage, which I could never find anything about.
2: Went to boarding school, never to be seen yeah. again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened there, yeah. But she they had the daughter of their own, Isabel, and probably because he had to pay for boarding school for his daughter to be sent away, he had some money issues. So he went to Beverly's parents and asked for some money, who I think did help him a bit. So Beverly
4: is uh, his ex, oh, his sorry, his, his, his deceased his, wife
1: yes. and
4: said I need some money to help with the girls' education potentially. I'm guessing
1: yeah, so, yeah, 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 That would yeah. make yeah. sense. Well, sorry. anyway, yeah, he could take them out of boarding school, but anyway, I'm not judging Ellen.
4: Well, it would be a big investment. It's Are a lot of not? money. Oh, yeah,
2: I am. I reckon good. you're totally judging him.
1: I'm, no, a, I I'm okay you with it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they just chucked their children away because they were
2: inconvenient. And well. then they get another one.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that's theirs anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Alan had these money issues. You're allowed to laugh. So. <laughs> Alan had these money issues, and after getting some help from Ben's parents, he ended up taking work in Saudi Arabia. Remember, he worked for the RAF. <laughs> so while he was on post, Penny got a little bit bored. <sighs>
4: mm. Penny.
2: She's, She's a, a is she? randy.
4: He loves I reckon business. her
2: second husband, she who likes decided he liked she men likes more than deal. women, That's I reckon right. she was the problem. Mm. She was such a nasty woman that she turned him gay. works yeah, like I'm that, old. you know.
1: Would <laughs> you go so fast to say she's
3: a troll? You would
1: know better than I. how she had a fix? Well, she had changed her job. So she was working in the RAF and then yeah. she, in, in admin, and then she moved to the Armed Forces because apparently the money was a little bit better. And this was about the early in the early 1990s and she was working as an admin and she met the dashing lieutenant colonel david jackson Ooh. who was 12 years her senior i'm not sure in england do you say lieutenant or do you say lieutenant, lieutenant. is it okay so david no surprise was also married and had children <laughs> but couldn't help himself as this woman is clearly irresistible
3: did she have the
2: mp Military police? (laughs) Not for for the second husband she didn't, did she?
3: No, no,
1: it didn't do anything to him. But, no, I'm not sure because I I wouldn't have said when she was younger she was unattractive. Remember, the MP is about an unattractive woman who somehow miraculously just pulls the D constantly when attractive women can't get a date. (laughs) Sorry, I just had to explain for Kelly what that Isn't, expression was.
2: Didn't for. we used to call that a slut in the, or like an <laughs> u- ugly slut in the ba- back, in the eighties?
1: Maybe, maybe you know, I don't but, know. You know, but I, I think magic pussy is a. Nice. It's
2: easier to oh, say. Rolls nice at the time. phrase. So
1: I, when, oh, someone gave me a bottle of wet pussy last night at the what? night. Really? What was that? Say, well, I, well, it's meant to be a shot, and. Um, I think she's just being funny and <clears> I like poured it into it said drink it no it's a shot but she said drink it and well he said drink cold so I put it in a little glass with some ice but I, thought I was it. It. oh my god it tastes like Benadryl expectorant oh. Oh, oh, oh anyway know I did say that to, and she was like oh I've only had it once at two in the morning when I shit face so I don't know is that Probably. what they normally like. taste like Oh, it was very unpleasant. I was going to say, I think
4: it's best served at room
1: temperature. It wasn't unpleasant. It just tasted like cough medicine. Cough
2: medicine, yeah. Best served at body temperature, temperature. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I
3: think
1: you're right. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, but uh, anyway,
3: but the funny thing was, <laughs> the
1: funny thing about that was, though, later on, Rosie came in because she's the one who gave it to me. She said, oh, Caroline, she brought the glass and she put it in my face and she goes, the little boy just spat in it. And I was like, "Well, he's Isn't very dis- pussy? in my wet pussy." And, oh. <laughs> and so Sweetie. I had to take it and throw it in the sink. I'm talking about the drink. <laughs> I, I had it to the chuck it in said, the sink. He's very just—he's dis- very discerning. He knows a bad drink when he when he walks past it. I don't know how that happened. But Kelly's laughing
3: because
4: I'm quick. telling you, ducks <laughs> are going to be knocking
1: on the door mm. with this
4: poor child.
1: No, he had lots of supervision. He had a lovely time. As we learn from her relationship with Alan, given that remember she was quite happy to conduct an affair with Alan, Penny didn't seem too concerned about the sanctity of marriage or the promise to be faithful to one's partner, which I'm going to do tomorrow. Actually, no, it's not in my vows. So she and David started an affair,
4: and Alan's still in Saudi, in Saudi Arabia.
1: He's in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah. So in nineteen ninety three, and uh, look, I think I don't know a lot about people in the armed forces, but it, it, it wasn't a well kept secret, put it that way. Uh, so it didn't take very long for Alan to become aware of the affair. He returned from Saudi Arabia, and he found out that David had very uh, kindly also paid to have his two dogs, perfectly healthy dogs, by the way, put it down. Obviously, they were. Who uh, are like,
2: these people? Like
1: the previous children, Kelly. Kelly. Is this normal? Kill
4: the chain.
2: <laughs> oh goodness, groceries. Kelly's oh. just waiting for the
4: story to start. Oh, like and, and, God, and just also yeah, nonchalant, so, yeah, isn't, isn't it? Is Half oh, we'll of course. the school. When's the story going to? <laughs> yeah, well, to, yeah, right, to start? Yeah, well, you're It hasn't started. Oh no, he paid for it. It's like he did it himself. It
2: kept walking into the room.
4: I think the dog's going to tell someone their
3: secret.
1: So uh, sadly, when he returned from Saudi Arabia, he found out about his dogs, and he obviously confirmed that His wife was being unfaithful to him, and within about, I think it was three days, he committed suicide.
3: Oh, yeah! I didn't know we going there.
1: yeah, yeah. He was very upset. Well, sorry, <laughs> he was very upset. That sounds really. Dear ridiculous. God! So he's coming. He, he was Devastated. very upset.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. sorry. That's, that's... um, yeah, yeah. So that was very bad. At his funeral. Penny was pretty much unmoved, didn't give a shit that she was having an affair and that had probably caused him to kill himself. Didn't show any real grief at the loss of her husband. But people,
4: and people knew. That would be a bit yeah, yeah. awkward, yeah. wouldn't it?
1: And his family were understandably unimpressed by her. Well,
4: look, the way that they, this woman operates, I'm sure that thought, oh, that, that worked out quite well, all things considered.
1: Mm. That's nice. one other
4: person I don't have to ship off or kill. Well, there
1: was a, like. there's no evidence of this, but there was a suggestion possibly by Alan's brother, I think, or people in Alan's family that she may have even put the idea in his head, um, you know, and she may have actually Mm. related him to commit suicide, so complete suicide, whatever's the correct.
2: Melissa Carter. Melissa Caddick? No, No, who was the one who texted?
0: Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, a I bit think of it was death up, coaching. Yeah, yeah, it might,
1: maybe, but there was no evidence. There weren't seven hundred thousand text messages saying just do it, do it, do like it. Do it yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Penny's now free to remarry, but what if David? Well, of course, David's marriage wasn't working that well out that well for him either, and his wife with his wife finding back
2: His wife wouldn't kill herself, so they had to think about what they were going to do.
1: Some people just are so yeah, no, so I about think themselves, aren't <laughs> She just divorced him, you know. Oh. She, she went the sort of standard route. So, yeah, his wife found out about the cheating, they divorced, allowing David and Penny to get married in 1996. How
2: many the, is she up to now?
1: fourth. yeah, yeah. David actually adopted Isabel because Isabel would have been about three at this point. No, in 1993, Ellen died. So she was, but she was very young, right? Uh, and the couple raised her with Isabel actually thinking that he was her natural father. Yeah, So they... Right. they pretty it's much erased we won't a, mention Alan. Just, all the stepsisters or any other siblings like we'll just pretend none of that ever happened in 1998 which is pretty early in their marriage they got married in 96 david's son gavin also committed suicide, what?
3: suicide. oh my lord
1: yeah and he left a note saying he didn't want to end up like his father a cheating rat um now i've no doubt that this was a terrible blow to David, who then went on to suffer with depression as he processed his grief. And, of course, he would have felt responsible because the son is citing that basically my I don't want to be like my dad, so I'm going to kill myself. Ooh. So around this time... Henry, There's other you know, ways
2: of not being like your dad, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is. You know, cutting off all contact and, yeah. you know, it's a, That's a weird leap to cows make, cows really, isn't it, unless and you've and actually you been cheating on someone else just
4: want to punish your dad.
2: Putting your well, dick in your pants.
3: Do it. Yeah, you
1: could do that too, but I, I look, you know, obviously there's probably more to Gavin's situation than just that, but that's what he put in his note. Yeah. Around this time, obviously, uh, David is, you know, really struggling with his emotional state, and they were stationed in Germany in 1998, and David actually became quite violent towards Penny. There were several instances that were testified in the later court case that comes up. David would smash things, you know, like smash up her keepsakes of her previous marriages and all that sort of stuff. And at one point their daughter came home from school to find Penny pushed up against the wall with a bloody nose. On another occasion, when David's family were visiting them in Germany, so I can't remember who, but a bunch of people came over he held a knife to Penny's throat and it took three guests to pull him away from her. But David did seek help and got some counselling and over some time he did come out of his depression and ceased to be violent and Penny and David went on to eventually retire and settle in the lovely town, and here we go, of Barrow in Somerset. So they're married for over 20 years at this point. Oh, cool. wow. They liked travelling, yep, yeah, and they'd been on several cruises. And there's no real connection to the cruisers in this story, but oh. I enjoyed that. I read that over and over in all these different stories, you know, all these different affiliate things, like it was some kind of defining factor about them, you know. So apparently we're joining some kind of club of cruisers. And if anything happened to us, they'll say, well, they liked cruising. From the outside, they seemed like a happy couple. Everyone thought they were, you know. Men, a happy couple. A happy couple, that's right. But there were instances where they would bicker and fight. And then along came COVID. Oh, yes. as we were
4: that we far recall, down the Yeah, track how now. How old are they now by COVID?
1: They're in their 60s. 60s. Well, actually, he's 12 years older, so he's, he's in
2: his
3: 90s.
1: She's 65, <laughs> 66 at the time. He's 78, 77, 78.
3: Okay. Right.
1: And as we would all recall, we were in and out of lockdowns, so whether here or in the UK. And we all developed ways to still connect with our families who didn't live with us. But also some people found that being isolated with their, you know, spouse or whatever was a real downer on the relationship because you Mm. couldn't escape them. Uh, And I just think it is worth remembering that time because, you know, we've come out of it now and we're all a bit free and it's sort of a distant memory in some ways. Um, But from March 2020 onward, when no one knew what was happening and everyone was experiencing a lot of anxiety and we had no choice to stay home and stay put. You did at times feel a bit trapped. Penny found herself living with David with no way to get out. And he was nice one day, not nice the next. Now, he wasn't beating her, but he would chuck a razz and do things that were pretty demeaning to her. So, he'd, you know, she'd prepare a dinner and he'd just throw it down the disposal, yeah, insulting what she's doing and being thing. He was, he was a bit of a dick. In December 2020, the police were called following a row over a TV remote control. The defendant told officers she'd locked her husband in their conservatory so that he'd calm down, but he smashed his way out with a poker from the wood-burning stove and I believe in that, in that um altercation he may have also assaulted her.
4: So she called the police?
1: I think so, yeah, yeah. So she claimed that he'd been acting out of character following an operation to replace the battery in a deep brain implant used to manage a condition that caused his hands and limbs to tremble. Now, I don't know anything about brain surgery, but putting a battery in your deep brain that needs to be changed at some point in time, I would assume because batteries don't last forever, it seems weird, but it's really not that material. An officer told her the incident would be recorded in the set assault and the couple should not be under the same roof that night. When an officer telephoned her a few days later, Penny said she and her husband had sorted out their problem and he turned the voltage on his pacemaker down after a call had been put into the hospital. So apparently he was juicing on too many volts or something. And he was back to his normal self and had no recollection of what had happened. Assuming that he had some kind of medical episode. episode but it's interesting because later on he's alleged to make a statement that suggests to you that perhaps he did know what was going on. Anyway. So on February the 13th 2021 Isabel had organized with Penelope and David to enjoy a gourmet meal of crab, lobster and steak to celebrate Penny's 66th birthday. Given it was in lockdown, Isabel and her partner worked to join them in the festivities by eating the same meal at the other end of a Zoom call and I think we've all been there. Penny had prepared the meal and added a side dish of bubble and squeak. Now for our non-UK listeners, can I, uh, I now just to introduce, I have two new guests in the room, Helen and Kenny in the room.
3: Now, hi guys. Uh, hi. Uh, hi. Hiya.
1: <laughs> so tell us about Bubble and Squeak. What is Bubble and Squeak? Bubble and Squeak is a leftover dish for using up boiled or roasted potatoes and mixed with Brussels sprouts or cabbage and occasionally carrot and we fry it off in beef dripping. And you serve it up generally for breakfast.
4: Mm.
2: Ooh,
5: or yep. you can top it off with a bit of brown sauce. HP preferably.
2: Ooh, <laughs> you yum. like a bit of HP.
5: I had been that this
1: morning with breakfast. <laughs> I am okay, sorry. I, know, but... I think H P is exactly what it says. It's just brown. Oh I but... like it. Oh no. it just not think? A, I like it's barbecue it's sauce good. and I like fruit chutneys, but I find brown sauce just Brown. That's what nice about Worcestershire? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's really got flavour. It's got anchovies in it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I when well, the first time I ever had bubble and squeak was actually in Australia, but it was um uh, made for me by a British person, and I had this idea of it being this you know delicious. Something amazing because it was no. topped up so much. No, it's just refried vegetables. No, it's I
4: leftovers mean. essentially, isn't it? And I, I know it. if someone said to me, I would have thought it was a breakfast food. So I don't know if that's where you're headed with it, but I would be surprised if you were going to the effort of having like gourmet lobster, um, <laughs> Here we go. yes. prawns, et cetera. I would, would It make no sense to have bubble and squeak with that at all.
1: And I think David yeah. felt the same way. He wasn't thinking this is a festive sponge to putting on. I, don't, it, I cannot find anywhere what he actually said about the bubble and squeak, but yeah. basically he got angry about the fact that she had served bubble and squeak with crab lobster and expensive I think, that, steak. I think, right. I think
2: that's fair enough.
1: So do I. Oh, okay, that is well, an I know what food he said. Crime. He said, What a load of old shit. And yeah. <laughs> he's your bubble and squeak. Well, maybe that is what he said. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it was a breakfast dish. This was served with a gourmet dinner, yeah. so it was a bit odd. Mm. Yeah,
2: so it's anyway, a big
1: crime. I, yeah. You know, did, well,
2: you, did she survive the episode? Like the yeah, dinner. yeah,
1: she did, because this but this aberration of a side she dish She was lucky. She was, but this total aberration of a side dish caused David mm-hmm. to get very angry apparently. Speaking about her husband, she told police his face changed into something I had seen so many times. Mm-hmm. I knew at the end of the call there'd be trouble. She said she went to bed in fear and put a knife under her pillow for protection.
3: Oh.
1: I felt I couldn't do this anymore and tried to take my own life by slitting my wrist. I told David i would had enough and couldn't go on. According to Penny he responded get on with it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> I then thought why should it be me? It's you. He, he then lay it. down on the spare bed and goaded her into stabbing him calling oh. her pathetic and telling her to go back to bed. So she slashed his chest with a knife. She then took the knife and went to the kitchen where she wrote a confession, which I'll ask one of our voice talents, probably Helen actually, to read in a moment. David then went into the lounge and called the police, walking into the kitchen and saying,
5: See how it feels to have the police phoned on you. Oh,
1: and that's what I was talking about before because she'd called the police on him a few months earlier and oh, yeah. apparently he didn't remember it. So he told the 999 operator his wife had attacked him and could and he could then be heard screaming in pain as she stabbed him twice again. Oh. She then took over the call and calmly told the call handler, I've killed my husband, or tried to, because I've had enough.
2: Ah, that's as good a reason as any. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, normally I would play the 999 call, which is available online, but as we have our special guests, I thought they could narrate the it. So here's how the call went.
5: Are you with him now?
1: Well, I might just go and stab him again, but... All right, (laughs) do
5: not stab him again.
1: Perfect, that's so right. Why?
5: (laughs) Okay, just listen to my voice. Okay, stay on the line with me.
1: I'm compass mentors.
5: Okay, are you with the patient
1: now? Well, I'm in the lounge and he's in the kitchen Bleeding to death with any love.
5: Alright, so just stay on the line with me.
1: Look this is not what you're paid to deal with. It's not fair.
5: Okay, well ultimately, madam, I am listening to your voice and you are the and you are the help I have and I have available, so we need to help him, okay?
1: No, I'm not. I don't wish to.
5: All oh, right, madam, how many times have you stabbed him?
1: Um I did it once.
5: You did the once.:
1: And then he said, "I wouldn't do it again. So I did it twice more.
5: So oh, okay, so in total, how many times?:
1: Uh, three times?:
5: You did the math. <laughs> <laughs> three times. Okay.:
1: Once, I thought I'd get his heart. Oh, well, he hasn't got one. And then oh. twice in the abdomen. Oh, that was excellent. Thank you. So the operator. Oh, was hi. very good. Yes. Kane, you've
4: definitely got a career on the phone.
1: Smashed it. Yeah. I know. Um, did very well. Um, so the operator kept her online for 18 minutes and asked her to put pressure on the wounds, check on him. She while kept it was while it was yeah, no, she's had nothing to do with it. Apparently, she, you know, he he said is is he still responding and she's like are you still responding like she was just you know not. so once the police arrived at the scene they asked penny to go outside and at that point she's wearing only a pair of marks and spencer's pjs and it was february which is freezing cold and there is footage of her interactions with them on their body cams and just for the pjs is important because the the media of course dubbed her the MS pajama murderer (laughs) and now again for dramatic effect Can I ask Kane if you wouldn't mind playing the role of PC Plod? And then of course I'm going to ask you Helen to continue to be Penny. So at this point they've arrived and they're extracting her from the house.
5: Hello madam, do you just want to step outside for a minute? Can you, can you come outside?
1: Yes, can I, can I put my coat on? He's on the kitchen floor.
5: Okay, (laughs) at this moment in time, if you just listen to my colleague under arrest, suspicion of attempted murder, mate. To Penny, under arrest, suspicion of attempted murder.
1: Yes, definitely. Hopefully, it's not attempted.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so, you do not have to say anything, but it may help your defence if you do not mention, when questioned, anything that can later be relied on in court. Anything you do say can be given in evidence. Is that right? Um, I would have said, off the top of my head, it's slightly different, but...
1: Yeah, okay, right. So, Kane's an expert, anyway. (laughs) Can I get my coat? Just in there. I admit it all. He's on the kitchen floor. There's nothing nasty. I'm certainly not. My coat's in the ouch. You (laughs) alright? With any luck, they'll be too late. Alright. So then the police are basically getting her details and this has been redacted in what you see online. So there are silent moments and then they go on to basically one of the PCs is trying to get the police. Yeah.
5: Get the ambulance in. We need to start CPR.
1: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, we
5: need to do CPR.
1: Should have stabbed him a bit more. <clears throat> then we cut to another scene. Yes, I stabbed him. One Because he's, he's an aggressive bully and nasty and I've had enough. When he said you wouldn't do it, I did it twice more. And then finally, she's in the back of a police car, cuffed and talking about her coat. My coat's in the front,
5: grey wardrobe.
1: That's a place, sorry.
5: My coat's in the front, grey rock Okay, it might be a while, but I'll try and get. There's obviously a lot going on. Oh. With any luck, it'll be too late. My <laughs> advice is, my advice is, don't talk about it now, okay?
1: No, no, I have no intention, intention of not agreeing with you with what I've done. I know what I've done. I know why I've done it. And if I've not done it properly, I'll be really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, And then later, she's re-arrested.
5: Okay, Penny, I'm arresting you. For
1: murder. It's murder now, not attempted murder? Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so she did refuse to uh, answer police questions and instead provided a prepared statement, the confession I mentioned earlier. And here is the confession To whom it may concern, I have taken so much abuse over the years. Look at my records in Germany. But he was a good daddy. However, the man slipped tonight. And that was unforgivable. I accept my punishment. May he rot in hell. The note had, sorry about my spelling, written on the edge of the page.
3: <laughs> I thought her
1: spelling was all right. I couldn't read her handwriting And eh? um, The press carried on about her asking for a coat and slippers repeatedly, but she's just stabbed someone, is likely to be in a bit of shock, and even if she seems calm, and it's freezing cold, and she's 66. So, personally, I don't think her repeatedly asking for a coat is that odd. All right, well, I would like to thank our voice talent. They did a great job.
3: Well done. Well
1: done. Thank you for letting us join. So Penny's trial took place not long after, which I thought was quite pretty. Penny's defence was that she'd been the victim of abuse by David, coercive control of finances, TV viewing, who she could see and where she could go. The previous police reports for disturbances between them, previous evidence of physical abuse, and all the sordid details of their lives together, including evidence, which, Showed that she had to get a tattoo on her bottom, saying she was the property of the deceased to stop his jealous and possessive behaviour. His family gave statements, of course, that this wasn't the case. David was gentle and considerate, and not given to fits of anger or any nastiness. Eventually, the jury found Penelope Jackson guilty of murder, and she was sentenced to life with a minimum of 18 years imprisonment. Here are some of the sentencing remarks available on CrimeLine.com UK. So this is the judge, right at the end of the trial. And I don't know that I agree with all of this, but I just think it's probably worth a bit of, it's a good bit of context. David Jackson was 78 years of age when you murdered him. He was a kind, gentle and caring man. He was a loving father and grandfather who had battled through a number of serious illnesses and yet was still enjoying a well-earned retirement, having spent many years serving his country in the armed forces. He had plans for the year ahead and no doubt well beyond. All that was brought to an end on the 13th of February when you chose to stab him to death. That was a an vindictive and cruel act on your, on your part. I have no doubt whatsoever that you wrote the confession note in advance of inflicting the first wound to his chest. I have no doubt you were aiming for his heart. As he was on the telephone speaking to the 999 operator, you stabbed him twice more. You chose to stab him in the abdomen because you wanted to ensure that he would die. Oh well, yeah, that's probably true. The confession that you wrote was composed in anticipation of achieving that end. I have no doubt that you intended to kill your husband and that this was a premeditated murder. Your own confession recognised that fact as it, as it suggested two possibilities, premeditation or self-defence. Your actions have nothing to do with that latter concept inflicted fatal injuries, you then spent 18 minutes talking to the emergency services during which time you refused all their pleas to go to David Jackson's aid. He was alive for much of that 18-minute period and would have been able to hear what you were saying. At one stage, in response to an inquiry as to whether he was still alert, you called out to him by way of inquiry but did so in mo- a mocking fashion and with no thought of help in him. At other points, you even contemplated stabbing him again and said so. Your behaviour during that call evidences a shocking level of callousness on your part. So why does a 67-year-old woman of good character choose to murder her partner of 28 years? Despite professing to still love him, you sought in this trial to portray David Jackson as a monster. Whilst there were no doubt tensions in the marriage, points of friction that lockdown will have accentuated, I am quite sure that he was nothing like the person you claimed. You were both strong-willed people. Different characters in the sense that you are outgoing and he was less so, but that would have been complimentary to a degree. There had been violence back in 1998 at a time when your husband was, as your daughter Isabel described, a broken man following the suicide of his son Gavin. Such behaviour then, even in the circumstances that it came to take place, was of course very wrong. But your husband received treatment for the depressive state he was in at that low point in his life and other evidence makes clear that you found it in yourself to forgive him. And thereafter, the marriage continued and through what must at many points have been a very happy time. In the months leading up to the killing, I have no doubt you were unhappy. The events of the 23rd of December, when your husband broke the glass of the conservatory door in an effort to leave the property, clearly had an impact on you. The footage that you took of that argument represented a deliberate attempt on your part to goad and torment your husband. He did not support your claim that you lived in fear of him. After he left that night, you contacted him and asked him to come back. There was then a very happy family Christmas with your daughter and son-in-law. I've no doubt you reached a stage when you wanted out of the marriage. You knew that your daughter would support you if you elected to separate. There are many other options to open open to you other than killing the person with whom you have lived for all those years. By choosing to do so, you took the life of another human being and that is a terrible thing to do. It represents a burden that you and all other family members will have to bear for the rest of your lives. You didn't just kill a man who you once loved, but you also deprived many others of someone they loved as well. There was no justification for doing so. Their memory of him will always be tarnished by the manner of his death and the way you have sought to portray him after depriving him of his life. During your four days giving evidence, I did not detect a shred of genuine remorse on your part for the terrible crime that you've committed. He goes on, blah, 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 and basically says, um, I have no doubt that you killed your husband. Uh, sorry. He uh, basically says, I'm giving you life imprisonment, minimum term, 18 years. There you go. So that's what the judge said. What a judgy match. I mean, honestly. Oh, but. I found that a little bit, you know.
2: Were they besties?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, How I, did he I,
2: know what he was like?
1: Correct. I mean, it, it's so definitive. That's my part that I have an issue with, what the yeah. judge is saying. Like, no, you definitely did this. this. was He was a lovely man. You're a callous, nasty person. Oh, well, come on, buddy. Obviously, the prosecution did a good job. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Anyway. did yeah, is, there,
2: is there evidence of her being... Manipulative, or...
1: There was a testimony from other members of the family, mostly on David's side, of course, that said that she was... She used to bait him. She was always looking to... She was a bit troubled, you know, not trouble Yeah, troublesome. She, she, she'd start the fights. She'd, she'd start family dramas, that sort of stuff. She she was the trouble. But it's all from his family's side. Her own daughter...
4: Most of her family seemed to have disappeared, so her two daughters yeah, from yeah. the original marriage then the stepchildren were all shipped off anyway, so they had no connection. So Isabel's really the only person. Isabel's the only
1: person, yeah. And Isabel does acknowledge that it was violence when she was younger, in the early 90s. Uh, She has memory of that. She says, other than that, the family, like they would fight. Everyone has pretty much said they had a turbulent relationship, they would blow up and fight with each other over time, but they were as bad as each other is pretty much where, where people have landed on it. Not everyone, mm-hmm. though, I'll get onto that in a sec. And I think Isabel's position is kind of, it's really, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like for a person who loves both parents to have one, kill, one parent kill the other. So mm-hmm. she's, even in that letter slash confession that she leaves where she says he was a good daddy, you know, Isabel's response is, yes, he was a great daddy. He was always there for me. He was everything you'd ever want in a father. And then my mum kills him. So for her, the mother, she's lost who she thought her mother was. Her mother was always there for her too, but she didn't expect her to become a dad killer, a daddy slayer. So apart from the actual testimony of violence, I'm not sure how much I can really listen to Isabel. Effectively, they've said, yeah, yeah, they had a bad patch at the beginning when, you know, he he tried to kill her and, you know, bashed her around a bit, but he got help. And after that, he was lovely. There's nothing else to see here. And the thing is, I think now we're in this world, like world has changed and we've become much more aware that abuse comes in so many different forms. It's not just about bashing someone or putting a knife to their throat or threatening their lives. You know, there's all this coercive control. It's just shit, you know, gaslighting, things that people say to destroy your self-confidence and put you in a position where you won't leave them or you won't do anything and just become a shell of yourself. Now, I'm not saying that is what has happened. That's what she is saying what's happened. Her whole kind of... In the end, it's like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm over it, I don't care, I'm going to go to jail. I'd rather go to jail than live with, with this guy anymore, right? I, 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 you know, my cup runs over on putting up with this. Her whole attitude, the way she responds in, I mean, I know we laughed at it because it's quite shocking the way she's just like, oh, well, I wish, you know, I'd just him some more, and, you know. Hopefully.
2: I hope it's not yeah, attempted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully i will actually killed him. I kind of don't doubt that she did premeditate murdering him, but she wouldn't have premeditated necessarily murdering him 10, 15 years earlier. It's not like she spent 28 years thinking about killing him. I think it did get to a point where she just had enough. It's enough. And, yeah, she could have left, but we've, we've talked about this before where people, it's easy from the outside to say, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you get out? Yeah.
2: I'm trying to understand. So I don't doubt that she'd had enough, but had she had enough because... He'd actually bubble done so much to her, yeah, yeah. Bubble and Squeak. That he'd done so much to her that she felt that that was the best thing to do, or was she just wired a bit weird and
1: is fed it, up? There and, might be a that too.
2: But yeah. I, 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 that's what it feels like. I don't. Her
1: response to her third husband's suicide is is sort of points to the fact she's wired a bit weird. Yeah, her emotional yeah. well response. So abstract. her
2: first husband was abusive.
1: Yeah, and apparently
2: she just left. Yeah, so um, why didn't she just leave this time? It,
1: it just yeah. I don't know. It doesn't ring true. It doesn't quite add up, does it? There's something not no, right about it.
2: No, I think I think not. And it's it's unfortunate, I think, that if that is the case, you know, that these sorts of things don't do real victims of abuse any favours at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I think
1: she I think. was a real victim of abuse though. I I don't believe she wasn't of victim of abuse. I think she probably had enough wherewithal with strength that she could have taken a different route. You know, she didn't have to kill in, But I don't doubt that he was abusive. His own brother, David's own brother, came out in defence of Penny saying that David was an absolute bully and then real nasty pasty, you know, he talks about it and saying she was always lovely and bubbly and you know, from his perspective, this is David's brother. His perspective she was this lovely personality you know she's got a big personality definitely he, he just got, always felt sorry for her basically because he saw that david was a pretty nasty individual but of course mm-hmm. the flip side is other men who was his sister and that have come out and saying "Oh, she was lovely and right, she was opposite. a narcissist yeah, so yeah. you know and of course alan's family have now come out of the woodwork saying yeah well she didn't even respond to you know our brother's death you know she just didn't give a shit she had an affair she's a narcissist she doesn't care about anyone she just trades up husbands you know she's she's got her heart kind of thing so but i just think it, for me it is difficult because but i did i did like this quote from her and no one's left the room but for me the question is um is it cold blooded murder premeditated or a spur of the moment reaction and in her own words this wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back it was the whole bundle so like it wasn't just one more thing. It was just the whole lot. It was just like, I am done. Yeah, yeah and as I said, I'm pretty sure he was controlling and abusive, but, yes, yeah, you shouldn't have killed him. What I am interested in, though, quite when you talk about it not being lied very well, and if you were, if you imagine that you've been in a world where uh, you, know, you spent 20-something years with someone and we accept that he was abusive or he's gaslighting or, you know, he's nasty, he wasn't a nice person, Surely that would have impacted her mental state as well. And I didn't see any evidence in any of the statements from the, the judge or anything to suggest acknowledging that acknowledging they yeah, they even acknowledged that over years of abuse, maybe, you know, her own mental state was pushed to the edge. And we and remember, it was in lockdown. So but I is do she, think there's is a she
2: also abusive yeah, And I think so. So like I, I I don't know. I think when you're in those sorts of relationships, it's not like
3: she's an absolute
2: thing. victim. I think she's the problem because the. And I guess this is what the judge is trying to say. The reaction seems. The judge
1: is saying you're the problem. Way
2: true. out of line with the level of abuse that she got is what I'm feeling. I I don't know. Is that do, do you think that there's evidence of that or? i
1: I'll, I'll think about that. I'll, well, I'll respond to that about something else I read. So. There is a group of people who she's appealed the, the sentence, by yeah. the way, but she's appealed it based on the grounds that she didn't get a very fair trial, in her opinion, or her defence team's opinion, because there were all these memes made about her as well, and all of that the body cam stuff that we kind of reenacted with the help of Kane and Helen, all yeah. so in the public all in the it. public eye, oh, and so people made up their mind about made up their mind about it, and she does seem completely remorseless because. At that moment, she is. You know, that is no, what but even, so, even in
2: the trial, she was remorseless, wasn't she?
1: According to him, he says, I haven't seen you, wasn't I? The she might probably know. She might have a personality thing or a, she might be on the spectrum. She might not have that kind of emotional response to certain things. I don't know this woman from Adam, right? Anyway, what I was going to say is that that group of people who are, who are complaining about and petitioning for her appeal to go ahead have also pointed out, and we've talked about this before, that there are they cited two cases of men, one who strangled a woman to death when he was having rough sex with her accidentally, and he got four and a half years or something in jail for that. And another yeah. guy who murdered his wife for whatever reason was not a victim of abuse from the wife, and he got a much lesser term. So they're saying this, this judge has just gone right. You know, like if it was if we were in the days of capital punishment, he would have had her hung. That, that's yeah. where I'm taking it. Like the, That's where I'm getting it. I, I just think it. I get where you're coming from, Clacky, but I just think there is this real interesting kind of, I don't understand sentencing. We've talked about this before. Whether it's, you know, someone who's done a horrendous crimes get three minutes for it and someone who's done something that's really not that big a deal in our opinion and they get like, you know, 500 years. And I think I don't think it's not a big deal to have murdered her husband. I'm not saying that. I think mean, it is a big deal, absolutely. And he, you know, he talks about the effect on the rest of the family, etc. But I just think, you know, if he really if he was abusing her all that time, he robbed her of 28 years of her life mm-hmm. as well. So I think they're both victims, and I think they're both assholes. What do you think?
3: Hush, but fair.
1: There is something about them being a bit of a match, and <laughs> it's hard.
4: It is hard not to look at how they arrived at coming together. And you know, I know you, you can't oh. necessarily look at a situation and go, yeah. "Well, that equals that." But there were a couple of decisions that were made along the way that I would have to say they did sort of paint a picture or cast a gives me some opinions of them. Like the, the way she went from one to the next, the next, the next. It was always like she had to have somebody.
1: Yeah, and, and just, that's not uncommon. But yeah, I know it's so no,
4: that's not uncommon. But it just, it, it's just it's. I don't know if it sort of speaks somewhat to her—not so much mental state, but the way she approached things. And... She's a
1: bit fickle. Yeah, she sort of would you know, almost like the slips around and doesn't. Nothing yeah. seems to touch her. She's a bit Teflonny. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's well, no, yeah. And I—I I made a point about the kids. I just think that's reprehensible. Whether whether the dogs are put down or the kids are shipped off, like there's something disconnected in it emotionally in there.
4: Yeah, it does seem odd that they stayed together because her form would suggest that she wouldn't have done that she would have just found someone else or found a way out earlier so it's a long time to have been together I, you know the other stuff happened in a relatively
2: quick succession compared to the marriage in a jointly abusive relationship who's the victim
1: that well is it the dead guy or is it the one with life in prison but, but, no, no, but no, hang on a minute when you say jointly abusive right i'm not i yeah. do not debate i mean if people just said she was a bit nasty she'd she, she'd give as good as she got she couldn't have, she didn't have the financial control i, I do think that is there a, if there are scales of balance here i tend to think that the scales would tip slightly in his favor he had more control he had
2: but but then was she you know does she kill him because he's got more control rather than because she's a victim like I, I don't, mm. I just don't see her as a victim, and maybe I'm missing yeah. something.
1: I do, but and that's fundamentally different. I don't, I don't feel you sorry. do see
2: her as a yeah.
3: Victim. I
1: don't feel sorry for her. Like I don't necessarily think a great carriage of misjustice or uh, injustice has happened here. And you know, it is tricky. I don't want a victim blame because the victim is, you know, the dead person. But I think he contributed to his demise. Ouch. I do uh, by being a prick. And let that be a lesson to people who think that they can be pricky out there. You might get a prick with a knife
2: yep. three times. Jesus.
1: I think they are both toxic. I don't think they should it's have only stayed together. It's not together.
2: Too late to
1: You're just looking at my engagement ring, Rachel, <laughs> just <Prick>. and
3: <cleaned. laughs>
1: my beautifully manicured nails. I mean, I, you could take the position of he was perfectly fine and she just murdered me But what was what's in it for her? Like, you know what I mean? Swami, do you know well, what I mean? Maybe like,
2: because she's an asshole.
1: But, but she's going to jail. At no point did she say, no, I didn't do it. Like, oh, I get that. She threw but herself not, under the she, bus. But she still thought that she would be able to play the, the abused card. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, It wasn't like she, she was to say, that's how she played it. didn't play that down. She totally played that up. Well, I've had enough. You know, enough is enough. So I had to murder him. I just got to that. I don't, I don't care what the consequences are. I've had to murder him. So, you know. So you're do right. Do what you will. But, you know, obviously I've been horrendously abused to have got to this point.
1: So do you think then that, well, I mean, she just wanted him dead and that's why she did it? And
2: but That's what it feels like. She
1: thought she'd just get off because she'd been abused? No,
2: I don't think she thought she'd get off. I thought she thinks she's in a better spot killing him and going to jail rather than living with him.
1: Yeah, that's
2: what I think too. I don't think it's because he was as abusive as what she's saying. Yeah, know. You know, you, you, we've seen people Put who, no who are in relationships who have, you know, constant nine one one calls or you know visits to the hospital or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Some people have experienced secret abuse though, where they oh, don't I d- talk don't, about it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't doubt it, but I'm just not seeing the abuse that she's talking about. And
1: I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people didn't either. And so so, I don't
4: see it. It's not. It's not spelled out quite clearly enough for me. To me, it feels like there are a couple who brought out the worst in each other. Yeah. So that you know, what was the worst in each other pre-COVID was somewhat bearable or manageable.
3: Well, I could leave the house. A year
4: into COVID, having nowhere to go but to be with each other constantly, that would have just escalated to a point that it was unbearable. But you know, so I I suspect that. Lockdown played a, a pretty significant role in the fact that she just got down. All right, um, so are
3: we
1: happy with the uh, situation? He's dead, she's in jail, or do we want to do some sentencing?
4: Our own? I think she should be in jail. Yeah, I think There are there's... situations, you know, like when you start to attack somebody, right? Mm. <laughs> you know me. Do I? Sorry, could you just rephrase I, I, that? I better, I better rephrase that. In many I, of the crimes, I will rephrase it, in many of the crimes that we have that we, looked at, yeah. there are points along that timeline where, you know, what is premeditated, what is not premeditated, when something happens. And these pair are still at this bickering bullshit thing where he's going, you know, stab me what or whatever else. Like.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: yeah. And then she's just like, no, I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. You want to challenge me? Oh, I'll win. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: It, it, it does feel very childish, doesn't it? Why not yeah. They just had. They just totally brought the worst out in each other, and just were just ridiculous in the end.
1: Yeah. So I felt um, probably a good sentence for both of them is to um, go to jail together.
2: Go to jail together.
1: Why not? I mean, just torture each other. They're both awful, as far as I can tell.
2: Yeah, but he died. Yeah, she murdered him. That's a bit different. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm just saying that he comes. Go no and deal with it. Though. He's inside yeah. the body,
4: and well, make they, sure he's. He's got no way.
1: means yeah. to. They've got no means to murder one another in jail. But I'm just saying they they end up back together with each other, and just. I don't know that he belonged in jail necessarily. Well, that's because I don't think the two. I don't think either of you have really bought into the idea that he was abusive.
4: Correct. I think. Yeah. I, I'm struggling correct. with the the level of. Yeah, yeah. Just how abusive quotation marks he was
2: I think my punishment for her is to um, turn her into a fly and put her on the wall of a real domestic abuse relationship so she can see I I don't doubt that she feels like she was victimized but I think she's so narcissistic that you know anything that is done to her that she doesn't want is abuse or that's what she's claiming, whereas I think plenty of people get abused a whole lot more than what I've heard she's had to put up with and don't kill people for it.
1: Yeah, and some do, though. I I do believe she was uh, abused. I think he had an him to be violent. He already demonstrated that earlier, whether he got Mm -hmm. uh, counselling or not. And my mother has always said to her three daughters, if a man raises his hand to you once, you leave immediately because they will do it again. That, you know, she's, she yeah, always had a very right, staunch yeah. position on that. So I do not find it difficult to believe that at certain points in their relationship over that 28-year span, beyond the original 98, the 1998 um, incidents, that he could have been violent towards her. And yeah. he certainly if he wasn't violent, I think he had issues with managing his emotional response, which is what created that initial abuse in the first case. So I don't find it difficult to believe that he was abused. And I'm not about to say, you know, someone else's abuse is worse than yours. Yeah, I don't think that's the right position to take you when know, we're talking about these sorts of things. I still will say, yes, don't murder people. I'm, I'm not, not vindicating, I'm not, I'm not, what's the word, Carla? You know, advocating, I'm not advocating for murdering partners. No, I know, and but I, I think they are both assholes, as I said earlier, so. Yeah. Everyone like happy to let them stay together. The daughter had said
4: that she saw him holding, or a family member, someone saw him holding a knife to her.
1: Oh, three family members had to pull him off her. He yeah, had a knife to her bad. throat. That's pretty. The amazing. daughter saw him um, hold her up against a wall, and 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 she had a blood nose. He smacked her in the nose. This was all the Germany stuff. My point is, that was a that long was the time late ago. 90s? Yeah, but
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Back to Mum's point, if a man is violent with you once, he can be violent with you again. You don't give them the opportunity to keep doing that. But so, there's no
2: evidence of that, is there?
1: No, no, apart from the police report where he smashed through the conservatory in December 2020.
2: Which is not violence against her.
1: It went down as an assault and that, you're right because from a police perspective I think they reported it as assault but I'm not sure that he actually physically assaulted yeah, her. I yeah. don't think he did, yeah. Do we just wait till we get smacked or do we also take into account emotional, financial, all the other forms of abuse.
2: Well but again I don't know that
1: You don't know any evidence of it is, yeah. It's it's a it's a word against you know, when you've got one person who's dead and can't speak for themselves and someone who's saying, This is what happened. And so you're on the judge's side who said
2: You'll often see well I'm not I'm not as judgy as the judge. (laughs) But I just don't see um
0: oh my God. Can we find someone who's judgier than you. Wow. It is it is <laughs>
2: unlike me. I um I don't I just don't see it. And, and I think, you know, I can I've seen relationships where people are financially controlled and you can find evidence of it. It's yeah. not that it hard should to be do. in the
1: bank accounts, absolutely. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I don't I don't think she's been able to prove that. I don't think, and this is what I'm saying. I think a case like this does harm to people who, well, I agree with actually that. get that violence or that that abuse. You know,
1: I agree that people who overplay domestic violence or make false claims of domestic violence absolutely undermine and do terrible damage for those people who need the support and actually should be able to come forward and, and you know, have the these situations taken seriously. I 100% agree with that, I think. Mm.
2: I, think they were, I think they were nasty to each other. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they were good for each other, but I don't think the abuse warranted her response, whereas I think in other cases the abuse sometimes does warrant that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I, it doesn't I can't happen, at, yeah.
2: Well, sometimes it does, and you go, well, you know, Fair. cop that, mate. You had it coming. Yeah. So I, I think he certainly got the raw end of the deal just because he was killed. Up until that point, they'll probably, in some ways, you know, you, you'd turn him into peas <laughs> and put him in the same pod. I, I just think she she is making it out that she's the one who had to put up with it all and bear it all. But I reckon she probably gave. Right. As good yeah, as she that, and
1: that's what his family said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't remember the full storyline, but I remember loving it. Roald Dahl wrote a book called The Twits and they were two horrible people. Do, do you remember know Yeah, the yeah, ones? yeah, then, I do remember
2: the I can't yep. remember
1: how, but somehow they end up kind of shrinking into nothingness. I can't, does anyone remember Yeah, I
2: can't know? remember the storyline. Well, I feel yes. like
1: prior to him uh, murdering him, they were kind of like the Twits. They just like, oh, you know. 100%. Fester away with each other and kind of just, you know. The
2: murder is the bit that's out of character. But the, yeah. the rest of it, you kind of go, yeah, you two were, you know, Mayberry. probably you. Yeah, we yeah. You hated each other at times and all that sort of stuff. But to, to do what she did and as callously as she did and all of that, I kind of go, oh, not, sh- not sure, love.
3: Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'm very happy for half. It's a jury because uh, you can't get a consensus that...
2: Mm. You know, I think you're the problem.
1: I'm the problem, you're right. Twelve it's angry me. men and I'm the one I, standing there going, No I'm
2: the problem, it's me.
1: All right. Swanny, have you got anything to say for me? No, I don't. I don't know where we ended with this. I think we've ended with me <clears> saying, <throat> All right, it's not justifiable and I, I I by the way, I didn't start the story thinking it was justifiable a all question whether or not oh, she gonna tell. I just thought it was funny
2: when she had that whole body cam and. Oh. oh <laughs> have a... A bit more. <laughs> I almost I almost liked her at that point because I like if, if she really was late,
3: eh?
2: Oh, and yeah, I know, I know exactly what I'm doing mm. and yeah. Mm. You know.
4: And I... I hope I've done a decent stop job. Stop
2: it. Stop, Don't trying, go to, yet. Just let him stop trying to say this didn't happen. Stop trying to think that I might be defending myself. I did it. He deserved
1: it. So then I guess the question comes down to she may still feel that way. And, in fact, I think she does. And I think she says, something like, I don't care if I go to jail. You know, I'm happy that I've <laughs> locked him off. Thank you very much. I, I, I thought that was amusing. I know it's not a wedding <laughs> time.
2: Oh, that bit where he st- she stabbed him twice more, that was a cracker. Oh, I do,
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. I just found her, the way she spoke about, it, and I think Helen did a good read of it. Did a great yeah, she, they were great. She really... And Kane should definitely be in service. Turn's a cracker, wasn't he? And he sounded just like someone from an insurance yeah, company, yeah, you know. I, I just have to read you the terms and conditions, if you wouldn't mind, you know. If you... oh. Please don't stab him again, Madam. Um, Please just listen to my voice. (laughs) You're the only person I have available to help me now. Is that okay? No, 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 I'm not going to help.
3: Jesus.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for the pre-wedding podcast. I know we squeezed it in and, you know, that's the dedication that we have to our listeners, isn't it? That we wouldn't uh, pause for a moment. Even a wedding won't stop us recording. And on that note, as I say every other time, Miss
3: you already.
1: Goodbye now. Ciao, ciao, ciao. will well,
3: back now you hear.
0: <laughs> make me <love>
2: laugh.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, trialbywine or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.